It's time to put on those oven mitts because it's time to bring the heat with Christian Brown. And welcome back to another episode of Bringing the Heat. I'm your host, Christian Rao, here for another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days as we continue for spring training, and we're almost there. Opening day is only weeks away now. We're getting closer and closer to the beginning of 162. And with that, we are talking about another team inside the AL West, and that's the Oakland Athletics. And today I have Francisco Castro with me. He covers actually the Brewers uh, and host the Brawl Brewers podcast for Network Brawl, but secretly not a lot of people know this. He's an Oakland Athletics fan, so I got the chance to talk to him about the Oakland A's, so we're going to talk about that today. Hey, Frankie, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. And yeah, I, I do cover the Brewers. I speak about them. I have a podcast. You've been on there before. And yeah, I grew up in California. Um, my first team, the first team I loved to cheer for, that, that broke my heart so many years of my uh, my life, it, Oakland A's. So yeah, I follow them very, very closely. I cover them when I get a chance. But uh, yeah, no, I'm glad to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let's get down and dirty. First of all, love to have you on, especially as a proud member just like me of the IBWAA. So always love having one of you guys on. Obviously, you, know, you and I have had a few podcast episodes together on your podcast over on Brewers Brawl. We've been on the good old Billy Graves Nasty Nine podcast together. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new for you and I. But talking about the Oakland A's is something new. Um, we've had some jokes and gripes on on a couple podcasts of Billy's about the A's, about how I feel about them. But that's not where I'm here for. I want to hear about your uh, season predictions. But first, let's take a step back and look at 2020 and that 60-game season. The AL West was a fun team, fun season, and fun division to watch. I'd like to hear your thoughts about how the A's panned out in 2020. So 2020, uh, prior to that year, um, prior to COVID, I guess, and everything when everything changed, there were the A's had a lot of high expectations. They had come in second place to the Astros the first two or the two years prior to that in 18 and 19. And in each of those years, they had lost in uh, the wild card in 19. They were in 18. They lost to the New York Yankees. And in 2019, they lost to the Rays. And in both of those games, they were not competitive at all. And it was rather a letdown because both of those years, they had won 97 games back-to-back years. They had high expectations of winning the division, and they had uh, they came close. They came within a couple of games of the Houston Astros. And that is one reason why uh, a lot of the A's were really upset when they found out the news about the Astros and their cheating and how... They had been using that to kind of get an advantage throughout that season and the year prior because had they lost, you know, maybe a couple of games less than that and the A's had perhaps won a few more games, they could have had that division both of those years and then avoided that one game wild card. So I do know that the A's and Mike Fires, a pitcher on the A's, they had spoken to uh, MLB the the league and a couple other teams as well and let them know that hey you know Astros are doing this and uh, it was just kind of brushed off right into until the whole um, John boy came up with the or had those videos on YouTube and Twitter with the trash can banging but I don't, I don't really want to get into all of that but those two years they had made the playoffs and they were both wild card 
years and they lost. 2020, they had they had hopes of competing with the Astros and winning that division, and they did. They won that division. The Astros were actually really bad in 2020, but they caught fire uh, in the playoffs and ultimately uh, beat the A's in the uh, in the playoffs in a game that was really basically a home run derby. I think I saw maybe in that five game series, I think they had. Between the two teams, there were maybe 20 to 25 home runs uh, given by the pitchers. And I remember watching that, actually. And I was sitting on my couch, and I remember watching, um, trying to think of the pitcher now off the top of my head, on the Astros. Um, oh, man, it's going to bug me. But um, he he was just throwing his hands up in the air and just looking at the bullpen like, what else do I got to do, right? Because I'm throwing these great pitches. And um, I don't know if the ball was juiced. We know something was up with the balls. Um the last couple of seasons, but, and this was in Dodger stadium where it's typically known to be a pitcher park. And, um, the, the A's had just, they just, they, you know, they lost momentum. Uh, Chapman got hurt. He wasn't healthy. Uh, the pitching kind of failed them. The bullpen didn't do their job. The only one who looked really, really good was Liam Hendricks, but he's gone now. And I guess we'll probably talk about that soon, but yeah, no, they had high expectations of winning the division. They did. In that extended playoffs, the Astros somehow got in as a second-place team and ended up taking them out. Yeah, that is true. The Astros had almost a losing record in 2020, and they made it all the way to ALCS. Probably not yeah. something uh, that we want to bring up too much right. as we're talking about the Oakland A's and keep your and maybe take away some of your uh, heartbreak here. But I got to know, you know, 2020 wasn't the best season for expectations for this Oakland athletic team. What was your biggest surprise, though? Who was the biggest surprise for your 2020 Oakland Athletics squad? That's a great question. And I think I think overall the bullpen was the, the biggest surprise to me. Um, they had a lot of expectations going in. The A's have always had a good bullpen the last couple of years. And so the biggest surprise was the bullpen. I know uh, they had some issues the year before. And I was just impressed on how dominant they were and how dominant Liam Hendricks was, given that a couple years prior, he was DFA'd by the A's, and no other team had want, wanted him, and he ended up back on the A's, ended up being a dominant closer, and I had wished, I wish they had kept him. Um, they didn't, but uh, no, that was, that was a big surprise, the dominance that Liam Hendricks had coming out of the bullpen as the A's closer. Uh, he, uh, he impressed a lot, and a lot of people now know his name, and he's probably, probably seen as one of the better, if not the top closer in the American League. Well, not only do they know their name, but they probably know him um, as well. The fact that he just got paid. He got paid big time by the Chicago White Sox this offseason. All right, flip yeah. side, Frankie, what was the biggest disappointment for the Athletics? I'm going to have to say their offense in the playoffs because uh, the pitching was also the pitching didn't do their job. The, the offense didn't do their job and the bats just kind of fell apart. They were they could not hit with runners in scoring positions. Uh, they were living and dying by the long ball. If they didn't, if they didn't hit a home run, they weren't they weren't scoring right. And it was so frustrating seeing them have a man on second or third with less than two outs, and they, they just couldn't get him home. And the fact that 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 offense that was pretty dominant um, just se- seemed to fail in the biggest moments. And some of it was injury. I know Matt Chapman wasn't right. Um, some of it was young players. Maybe the the bright lights were too much for them in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, they just—it was—it was a big disappointment. I thought that team had a really good shot to go far, um, 
and it was a disappointment that they couldn't even get to. Uh, they they did get past the first round, which is great because uh, for the last uh, three wild cards that they have been in, fourteen against the Royals, uh, eighteen against the Yankees, and nineteen against the the Rays, they had always lost that wild card. So they were able to get that monkey off their back in the sense that they won a first round. They won a first round matchup for the first time in years. But uh, yeah, I would say other than that, the the the, the offense kind of disappointed. Looking at this rotation moving forward to 2021, as we try and put 2020 behind us, not much really changes with the starting five coming out to start the games for the A's. Unless there's something else that I'm not looking at. You got Mike Fires, Manaya, uh, Frankie Montas, Lazardo, and probably Chris Bassett to round out your rotation. Your thoughts about this rotation, unless I'm missing anything, and what's your thoughts moving forward about this, the, the, the starting pitchers for the A's? All right, yeah. So Chris Bassett was uh, I, I should have listed him as a surprise. Last year he came off as our best pitcher and he was great. He didn't play he didn't do well in the playoffs. I I will say that against the White Sox he pitched great in game 2 when we needed a win, but against the Astros he just couldn't get it together. And so I'm glad Mike Fires is back. He is that kind of rotation anchor. He is probably going to be their fourth or fifth starter and at this point in his career, he probably only goes five or six innings. But in if you look at his stats in Oakland, the A's, when he pitches, they win. And it's just whenever he I, it, he doesn't have amazing stuff or he doesn't really light up the radar gun, but he knows how to pitch and he can pitch well. He's a great he's a smart pitcher. And in the, the big uh, Coliseum, that's he's perfect to pitch there because he gets a lot of fly ball outs. And uh, when he was on the road, he would have the tendency to give up home runs. For example, in Houston, in uh, when he they would place the uh, face the Yankees, uh, but at home he was just dominant. And um, I I know a lot of A's fans were really upset in eighteen and in nineteen when he didn't even get a chance to start that wild card game for them, and um, they ended up losing both of those games. But no, I think this rotation is really good. Chris Bassett's legit. Jesus Lazardo, he's a stud. And there's a good chance that AJ Puck will be on the rotation. I know he's had, he was one of their top prospects for a while. And he has um, had a couple of appearances in the major leagues. He had some um, injuries last season. He didn't pitch that much. Uh, but uh, Frankie Montas, he was. He was good for the A's last season, kind of fell off a little bit, but he has some uh, str- amazing str- uh, strikeout stuff. And then Shamanaya, a no-hitter, he started the wild card game in 19, got lit up by the Rays, but all five of these starters, starter, starting pitchers, they're all very, very good. And at the top with Jesus Lazardo, Frankie, and Shamanaya, those three right there, that's the one, two, three that I would feel confident going in, in, into any series with. And then their bullpen is stacked, too. Well, obviously, Bob Melvin knows what he's doing, and Scott Emerson, as a pitching coach, never hurts either, and mm-hmm. this team has a very nice rotation. One thing that did change, though, is the anchor point of that bullpen. Obviously, Liam Hendricks moving on to Chicago, but you bring yeah. in another stud, a, a reliever of the year runner-up in Trevor Rosenthal. He comes in to anchor your squad. Uh, it's I would say it's a setback compared to Hendricks, but not... A big setback, probably the next best available other than Hendricks. And this rest of this pen is very impressive. There's a lot of really fun names in this pen. Sergio Romo, Jake Diekman, Yasir Mil Pettit, you know, Jake 
James Caprolin. There's a lot of Lutravino. There's a very, very exciting group of guys in this bullpen. Your thoughts about this bullpen moving forward? So far, this looks like easily, I would say easily, the strong point of your team. Absolutely. And the A's are a team that's always been built around pitching and defense uh, and home runs. <clears throat> so when you look at this bullpen, and at the end of the uh, at the beginning of the offseason, when they lost Liam and they didn't re-sign him and then and they lost Marcus Simeon, I, I know a lot of A's fans, myself included, were kind of looking at this team like we we took a huge step back because our bullpen was amazing. And Liam Hendricks, he was the ace of that bullpen. He was amazing. And when he left, I was I wasn't sure who was going to be the closer. They had um, mentioned Jake Diekman was going to be uh, considered the closer. And I I love watching him pitch. He's a great pitcher, but there I never I'm never a hundred percent comfortable when he pitches because I always feel like he's one walk away from kind of losing the inning. But then they surprised us. They picked up uh, Kaleric from the Dodgers, who was amazing in their playoff run. And they picked up Trevor Rosenthal. I know he was expecting to get a multi-year deal, but nothing really came came out of that. And the A's were able to pick his get, uh, get him signed for a one-year deal. And he has uh, he has 132 career saves. He was great with Kansas City last year. Uh, amazing with San Diego. He didn't give up a run um, after they traded for him. And that was uh, probably like 10, 11 innings, innings pitched with them. He didn't give up a run. And then J.B. Wendelkin, uh, he's been solid for the A's. Um, and also Jordan Weems, was, uh, he was pretty sneaky good last year. I believe he was an, he's an ex-catcher turned into a pitcher. Kind of gives me um, thoughts of our, our good friend Sean Doolittle, who was a, a, pitch, a first baseman for the A's turned closer, who ended up going to the Nationals and, and, uh, and on from there. But uh, no, our bullpen's great. Lou Trevino in, nine, in 18, he was unhittable. Uh, in 2019, he was garbage. But last year, he picked up those signs. Uh, he showed signs of, pick, uh, of improvement and was able to uh, to have a good season. And then they go ahead and pick up Sergio Romeo, and who's you know has playoff experience. He's won three World Series with the Giants, and they still have Yusmero um, Petit. They were able to re-sign him over the last couple of seasons. He's led them their their bullpen in appearances, and he has always been able to get get outs if uh there's men on in running runners in scoring position he's able to get them out and he's always been able to pick up that bullpen and he's a good a good mentor as well as Sergio Romo now to these young arms and uh yeah I'm, I'm excited about this bullpen I think it's going to be the strength of their team I think pitching in general is going to be the strength of this A's team and once you get to those late innings if we if the A's have the lead I don't I don't think they're losing many games well, we move on to this infield, and I agree with you. I yeah. think that the bullpen is going to be easily the best part of this team. But there's a lot of fun things to continue to look about, you know, especially some gold glovers in your infield. But let's start in the catching position first. Sean Murphy looks like will probably be your catcher. Uh, is that something you feel very confident about moving forward, having Sean Murphy behind the plate? Oh, he's yeah, he's oh yeah, he's going to be one of the better catchers coming up. I I saw him rank pretty high among catchers already he had an off season injury i want to say it was a punctured lung and they said that it, he had gone to the emergency room because i guess he had chest pains and they ended up having him go into emergency uh, surgery 
And they said that perhaps it was because he was either coughing too much and somehow he got his lung punctured. So he was a little bit behind in the spring training. But, oh, the A's have high expectations for him. And he he he's a stud behind the dish. And the pitchers love pitching to him. And when it comes to uh, um, our infield, we have we're, the infield is anchored by that first baseman, Matt Olson, who is so underrated. And if you want a hot take, which I guess you probably want later, but I I, uh, I have a hot take for you later. But then on third base, we have Gold Glover as well in uh, Matt Chapman, who had a down year last year. Um, he he wasn't. He didn't win a gold glove. He won one two years in a row. He won the platinum glo- uh, glove as well. And then we lost uh, Marcus Simeon, but we picked up Jed Lowry. And I know a lot of people, when they heard that, they probably weren't impressed because they probably saw the two or three games he played when he was on the Mets. When he is healthy and when he's been on the A's, he has led the team in doubles and extra base hits. He had uh, almost 100 RBI season. Uh, he had over he had around 40, 50 doubles in one season, and he led all second baseman in doubles. And when he's on the the when he was on the A's, he was our cleanup hitter, and he's a switch hitter. So we we don't know what he's going to do this season. He may be as good, he may not be as good. But when when they were able to pick him up, I was very happy because I'm like whenever he's on the A's, he hits. When he's never, when he when he's not on the A's, he somehow gets injured. And he signed that two-year deal with the Mets. And I, I don't think he really played more than a few games. This infield does continue on with some nice new additions. Obviously, mm-hmm. you did lose a guy that has been a solidified force on your team for a long time. And that's Marcus Simeon. Right. You, you did go ahead and add Elvis Andrus in a trade coming over from the Texas Rangers. And you did pick up Mitch Moreland, who was on Boston and San Diego last year. I'm a really big fan of Mitch Moreland. He didn't have a great 2020, but he was very fun to watch in 2019. Uh, adding him into the mix with, you know, Bash brothers like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, mm-hmm. Mark Hanna, uh, the guys that can hit it out of the park. Putting a guy like Mitch Mortz in there and having uh, Mitch Moreland in there and having another lefty at mm-hmm. the plate does not hurt whatsoever. What's your thoughts about this entire infield moving forward for 2021? Uh, Well, we have gold glove at first base. We have platinum glove at third base. And then Elvis Andrews has always been a decent uh, shortstop. He's been great in the last. uh, He's been above average in defensively. And then uh, Jed Lowry is serviceable at second base. So when it comes to the infield, defense is going to be key and for over the last couple of uh, seasons, the A's have had an amazing infield defense. And then we can talk about the outfield later, but the outfield defense is uh, uh, pretty solid as well. But when you think about that Marcus Simeon trade, I, or, or the fact that they didn't bring him back, it it hurt a lot of A's fans because Marcus Simeon grew up in the Bay Area. He actually grew up in the same city that I grew up. He We, we probably lived within five or six minutes of each other. And we're around the same age. We just, who knows if we saw each other around, but he literally grew up in the same city that I did. He went to Cal Berkeley. Um, he uh, was a tra- he, he was traded to the A's from the White Sox in the Jeff Samarja trade, as well as Chris Bassett. Um, he was also in that trade. And he, when he came up, he was, it was in a couple of years where the A's weren't really competing. And his defense was among the league's worst. 
And then the the A's brought in defensive and third base coach, defensive wizard, Ron Washington. And he worked with uh, Marcus Simeon daily. He saw incredible improvements. And he was third in MVP votes in 2019. He was also a gold glove finalist. He didn't win. He was a gold glove finalist. And actually, Jed Lowry that year was also a gold glove finalist. Losing him was really, it was more almost like an emotional thing because he was a Bay Area kid. He went to college there, high school. Uh, He got drafted and then traded to the A's. And we saw his whole career kind of flourish with the A's. And he was a he was a clubhouse leader. He led off the in the lineup, and losing him was uh, I know it definitely hurt like the morale, but uh, bringing in someone like Elvis Andrews, who's been in the division, we've seen him with the Rangers for the last uh, eight nine years when he's had you know since he's been there. I uh, I think that's a really underrated move that they were able to make. So I I really like this infield. I think. Uh, first base, third base, they'll probably they will probably win a gold glove again. Um, our catcher, I, I love Sean Murphy, and uh, I think I think if Elvis Andrews and Jed Lowry are just serviceable, I I think it's going to be a really good uh, infield shaping up. Seth Brown, Tony Kemp, Ramon Loreno, Steven Piscotty are just a few names that lead off in that outfield yep. for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, you talk about how they are a pretty exciting team defensively too back mm-hmm. there. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it's a, basically pretty much the same outfield as we've seen for mm-hmm. uh, the past year. Uh, Stephen Piscotty was a great addition when he came over from St. Louis, and Lorena was as you know just as good as some of those other guys in the infield for hitting home runs. I love this outfield. So uh, Ramon Laureano, he came over from the Astros. He uh, it was he was almost like a throw-in to a, in a trade. It was an off-season trade that no one really thought about, and then he flourished in uh, 2018 and 19. He has had some highlight reels. Um, through, if you just YouTube his name and uh, outfield assist, you'll see highlight reels of his plays. He is a defensive uh, wizard at uh, at center field, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is also a Gold Glove finalist this season as well. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Stephen Piscotty. Um, his bat has kind of um, hasn't been everything that we wanted it to be. An interesting fact about him: so his um, he obviously he was in the St. Louis Cardinals system, and he came up with him. Um, his mom was ill, and he's also from the Bay Area as well. The A's have a ton of like local kids on their team, so he he grew up in the Bay Area as well, and his parents lived here. His mom was ill. And he came, he, the Cardinals basically did him a favor and traded him to the A's so that he can be closer to his mom. And she has since passed away. Um, but he was able to just, uh, the Cardinals and the A's were able to do a deal where pretty much it was for him. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't remember who the A's gave up, but I knew they needed a center fielder and his mom was, uh, not doing well. So he was able to, Get get traded over here to the A's, and he's when he's healthy, he's had some health injuries. But when he's healthy, he's a solid uh, right fielder. You mentioned uh, Mark Canna; he is our left fielder, and he he can play every position on uh, on the diamond. I don't think he can catch, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He has played first base, shortstop. He's played uh, third base. 
He's usually in the outfield, and he can hold his own defensively as well. And then Seth Brown is probably going to be that fourth or fifth outfielder. He's uh, he he's a rookie still. Um, I I I he has a good bat. Uh, he I know he's hit a uh, hit a couple of big home runs and a couple uh, big hits for the A's. I know in the right field bleachers they have a couple of signs already up there for him. Uh, if you uh, have any familiarity with the A's and our fans in the right field and in the bleachers, you can always look to see incredible signs that the fans make. And uh, once fans are allowed back in the stadium at you know capacity and everything, you'll you'll see his name up there as well as as well as Razor Ramon. They have a picture of him <laughs> up there as well. But uh, yeah, Robbie Robbie Grossman left. Uh, he went with the Tigers. But uh, I I I love their A's, the A's outfield. Um, we got Canna, Loriano, Piscotti as the everyday players, and then uh, like you said, Brown will probably be that fourth outfielder. But uh, there's a there's a there's some competition for that fourth or fifth spot, so it's interesting to see how it uh it all adds up. Well, this team will definitely be interesting. That is for sure. This team has been in the battle for a playoff position and made the playoffs and been you know competing to make it to the Fall Classic for a few years now. Don't see that changing anytime this year. I'm sure you also feel the same way. Your mm-hmm. thoughts and your expectations about the Oakland Athletics for 2021. So looking at the AL West, um, I I don't I see the A's in first. I don't think the Astros are. Everyone has projected the Astros to take the division. I I just don't see that happening. They lost a couple of key pieces. I know they have uh, they're starting um, Justin Verlander's out for the season still. He may come back toward the end. Uh, I'm not too sure how that all how that's all going to work out. They did uh, lose their other starter um, to. Um, I can't remember if he broke his uh, finger, but he's out for a majority of the season, I want to say. So their rotation is already taking a hit. And they lost they lost some key pieces in that um in the uh, infield as well. And I I I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see how fans react to them and how they react. Because they didn't they didn't have that last year. They they were probably the one team that benefited the most from having no fans in the stands. Since after that whole scandal, they were able to basically not have to hear any booing, any uh, any crowds yelling at them. But this year, they're going to have that, right? They're going to every every you know if they're going to go to Dodgers, you know the Dodgers can't wait to see them in the in their stadium. The A's as well, they feel like they've been uh, kind of screwed over the last couple of seasons, and. I, I don't think there's going to be any team that's going to, or any fan base that's going to welcome them with open arms, especially in the American uh, American League West. So I, I I just don't know how they're going to react to that. I don't think their pitching is going to be good enough. Their bullpen, um, they 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 have good offensive weapons. I'm not, I mean that's still there. They also have Altuve, and I think he'll have a bounce back year. But then looking at the Angels, they have a lineup that is impressive, right? Obviously they have Trout, they have um, they picked up um, the third baseman from the Nationals, your guy, um, and I feel like I feel like they can. They're a they're a scary lineup, but they just don't have pitching. And every year, they are they people have high expectations for them, right? The national media pick them to go second. You pick them to go first, and every year they they battle to be about five hundred. And that's probably where I see them again this season. Even though they can hit, they just they don't get outs, and they don't have a closer. Um, I just I don't see how 
they're going to be. I mean, they'll be competitive. They may even battle for a wild card spot, but I just don't. I just don't think they'll be winning that division. And then the rest of the division, the Tex, uh, Texas Rangers and the Mariners. I, I don't. I don't see how that's going to work out for them. But uh, no, I see the A's getting first in that division. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping this year they can go far. It's uh, it's been a lot of heartbreak over the last couple of seasons when they make the playoffs and get you know booted in that one wild card game. And if they if they're in a wild card game again this season, it's uh, <laughs> expectations are not going to be very high for them to to find a way to win that game since they haven't the last three seasons. That's true. You know, this wild they do not have very good luck when it comes to wild card wild card games one and done. Um, speaking of those expectations, you think they're going to be in first place in the AL West? So does DraftKings Nation with their 2021 MLB win totals. They have them at 87 and a half games, one game, just one game above the Houston Astros. 87 and a half games for the Oakland A's. Frankie, is that too high or too low? Oh, I'd, I'd hit the over very easily because uh, so in 18, they had 97 wins. 19, they had 97 wins and they won the division last year. And I think I read somewhere if they would have measure that as in 162 games it would have been right around 97 wins again and i get that everyone see sees that they lost um marcus simeon they see that they lost their closer but they picked up a ton of good players uh their bullpen stacked again and i would take the rotation over any in the american league west same with their bullpen we have um we have gold glovers in the outfield we have gold glovers at the corners and the infield i i don't really see a weak a weak link in this in this in this roster, so I mean, and then we haven't really talked about uh, AJ Puck much, but uh, he was a uh, he's our number one prospect, and there's high expectations for him to come out either as a fifth starter or kind of in that um, hater role where he uh, he'll come in for a couple of innings in relief and just dominate. He's a high velocity left handed left handed pitcher, and I think he's going to have a great year. I would see actually even see him in contention for rookie of the year in the American league. But I, I would, I would say, Ooh, our... yeah, so I was gonna say, if you want a, uh, a hot take there, I think, um, AJ puck is a name for you to keep an eye out for. If he can stay healthy, I, I can see him battling for that American league rookie of the year. And I would stay, they're probably going to their win total. I would probably take it at about 92, 93, uh, with the division win. I like it. I like it. So there you go. A hot take and an over-under. Hot takes aren't bold predictions here, though. Mm-hmm. Not I'm bringing the heat. So I still got to ask you, what is okay. a bold prediction? What's something super bold? Something that people aren't paying attention to? Maybe put something on the radar? Something we can either laugh at you later on a trade deadline, or maybe you can tell me I told you so. What do you got coming up this year? Well, I already told you about A.J. Puck winning the AL Rookie of the Year. But... I think that our starting pitcher, Jesus Lazardo, is going to be top three in contention for AL Cy Young winner. The A's will actually get past the first round this time. And I can see them advancing very far into the playoffs. When you look at the American League in general, the Yankees, their rotation is not exactly intimidating at the moment. Obviously, their their uh, their lineup is. But... I'm not I'm not as scared of the Yankees. I'm more worried about the the White Sox than I am of the Twins. The Twins haven't won a playoff game whenever they make it. Um so I I mean other than the the 
other than the White Sox and the Twins and the Yankees, I don't see another team really contending. Maybe the Blue Jays, but I can see the A's having one of the better rotation, one of the better win totals in the American League. Well, there you have it. That's a pretty bold take, if I'd say so myself. Frankie Castro, everyone, he is the host of Brewers Brawl, and that is for the network Brawl. He's also a proud member of the IBWAA. Francisco, where can people find you? What do you got going on? And uh, just let the listeners know everything about that's uh, going on around you today. Absolutely. Well, they can find me on Twitter at FDCastro22, as well as my podcast at Brawl Brewers. And check out the Raw Network for other podcasts covering every sports team. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Not a problem, man. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for joining me today. We will be back here tomorrow as we continue on with our 30 teams in 30 days here at Bringing the Heat podcast. Thank you so much, Frankie, for joining me. And I'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Take care.